Hello and welcome to the Raising the Bar podcast, brought to you by the Association of Grey's Inn Students. My name is Neve, and in this new series, A Student's Guide, each episode will explore a different topic associated with becoming a barrister from a student's perspective. Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast episode on a student's guide to arbitration. Now, arbitration has earned its own specific student guide largely due to the international arbitration course which is run at Gray's Inn. The Gray's Inn Introduction to International Arbitration course is a six-week course accredited by the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators and is facilitated by some of the biggest names in international arbitration. Graduates of the course can go on to represent Gray's Inn in the prestigious Willem C. Viz International Commercial Arbitration Moot in Vienna, and even achieve associate membership of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators, which is the leading qualifications and professional body for dispute avoidance and dispute management. The course is free to attend and runs in August and September, open to GDL and bar course students and those looking for pupillage. Today's episode will be segmented in three. Firstly, introducing arbitration. Secondly, we'll be discussing the arbitration course. And thirdly, we'll be hearing about the VizMoot competition. Now, to explore this topic further, I have Nia Roberts as my guest. Welcome, Nia. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for joining me and helping me unpack everything that there is to know about arbitration. So first, are you just able to introduce yourself and give a little bit of context about how you have found international arbitration as a topic? So my name, as was mentioned, is Nia Roberts. I have just finished the GDL, so I really was quite early in my legal education when I took this course. Well, August to September, so let's say late summer. And I will be starting the bar course this September, after which I'll be completing pupillage at Atkin Chambers, which is a construction set. And Atkin does loads and loads and loads of arbitration. And as you mentioned, we will go on to talk about the course and the moot that you ended up doing as well. But I think it's essential to sort of lay the foundations of what is arbitration. So are you able to give us a little bit of insight? So arbitration is essentially an alternate, slightly more informal mechanism of dispute resolution. So You can take, if you have a problem, if you have a dispute, you can take that dispute to a national court. And that's definitely one way that some people prefer doing it. But increasingly in the business community, particularly the international business community, national courts aren't precisely what parties want. You know, the country that you're working in may not have a strong national legal system. You may not have faith that a judgment's going to be followed through or going yeah, to be enforceable. Yeah, be a variety of reasons, couldn't it, really? Yeah, or, you know, simply court delays. Mm. Um, and arbitration really offers a different way of resolving disputes. And it's slightly more informal than a formal court procedure. So parties have a great deal of control over you know, the rules of the game, you know, they choose the arbitrators who are the people who are going to judge the case. But the outcome of an arbitration is binding. And there's a series of international treaties that ensures that arbitration is really quite a good way to get a result that is then going to be enforceable and for you to resolve your disputes. Yeah, that is such a great introduction. And blowing on from that, Could you tell us a little bit more about why arbitration is so important? 
I guess I'd say you can't really have world trade if you don't have arbitration. Because as I kind of mentioned earlier, in order to have world trade and in order to have good trading relationships, parties need to feel secure and they need to feel like if something goes wrong, that they're going to be protected and the risk is going to be minimized. And arbitration really helps ensure that that can happen. So the main treaties that sort of underpin arbitration, such as the New York Convention, were basically signed in the post-war consensus following World War II right. as part of the sort of same movement that set up the UN. It's part of that kind of global world-building yeah. infrastructure and a push towards internationalism. So that's really on a big level why arbitration is really important. But another reason why arbitration is important maybe to our students is that a massive chunk of the work that currently goes through particularly legal London is arbitration. So I spoke to a commercial lawyer and he estimated that about two thirds of the work that goes, commercial work that goes through legal London is arbitration. Wow. So being able to demonstrate you're interested in arbitration and that you have a knowledge of arbitration, A, it's going to give you a real head start when you actually start pupillage yeah, and when you get into good. working. But B, it's a really good thing to know in terms of pupillage interviews and it's a real solid area that you can demonstrate, look, I know what you do and the Grey's course sets you up brilliantly. It set me up brilliantly to do that. Now turning to the course that you just mentioned, how exactly is that structured? So the course runs over six weeks, usually August and then into the start of September. So there's usually one week right at the end of the course, for some people two weeks where it overlaps with either the GDL or the bar course. But mostly it's in the holidays. And when you were looking to sign up to this course, what was it about it that made you think this was something you'd be interested in? Well, it was basically that I'd decided that I wanted to become a barrister mm -hmm. and I was about to pursue the GDL. And I just joined the inn as a student member. I was really lucky. I had a scholarship for my GDL. And I was sort of looking at, you know, okay, what, what can I do to really get my teeth mm. into law. And gain some insight. Yeah, and gain some insight and gain some training. And I saw kind of from the end and the communications, arbitration courses running, and I thought, oh, well, that looks exciting. I didn't know anything about what arbitration <laughs> was. Um, and it was only really as I started, you know, doing the course and going through it, I was like, wow, this is incredibly useful and this is pretty perfect for what I want yeah. to do. And that's so interesting to hear that you actually came into it with fresh eyes. So even anyone that's listening that might not have even considered anything to do with international arbitration yet could still find this course interesting and valuable and who knows in turn end up practicing in this particular area. When you did find this course, how did you go about applying for it? What was the sort of timeline? So... I think it's running on the 27th of this month, this month being July, but the inn runs a sort of open evening of sorts where it's sort of, they have various people who sort of run the course. The course is sort of run by two key figures, um, Marion Smith, who's at 39 Essex and is 
absolutely brilliant and Fred and Fred's at Gatehouse and they come on screen with a couple of people who maybe did the course or who did other stuff at the end connected with arbitration so there's also a scholarship to do stuff with alternate dispute resolution that people can apply to and you know sometimes get so if you want to keep that in your sights and also there's the viz moot that we're going to discuss later which is an international arbitration moot and if you're at all interested i'd recommend going to that evening because they'll give you all the details they'll lay out you know the workload and they'll really sell it to you so that's what i did i went to that sort of session and then there was a really short written application which was to send them kind of a cv and then send them you know a little bit about me and why I wanted to do the arbitration course and how the arbitration course was going to help me in my future career. Not long at all, about 150 words. And then I got an email saying, congratulations. Fantastic. You're in course starts next week. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, that's really interesting and helpful information as well, just for people to know that if they want to find out more, the resources are out there. And that insight evening sounds like a great start. So particularly if this year or next year, anyone that's listening that might be interested in joining this course should definitely look out for that information evening. So you mentioned there about the two individuals that spearhead the course. Who exactly teaches the course over the sessions? So you really end up with a stellar cast of some of the leading commercial silks in London. It's amazing the people that the inn gets to kind of come and speak to you and teach you. And yeah, it's for that alone, it's a really great exactly. opportunity. Incredibly unique as well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realise it. So initially I just kind of turned up and I was like, oh, it's a silk. And then as I sort of... Um, gained a better appreciation more, for yes, the area. I then realised exactly how, how impressive this was. <laughs> so usually there's one silk and then there's one kind of either a junior barrister or a student who's done the course before. And what you will tend to do is each week has, there's a syllabus and there's a different subject each week. And it's meant to be a student-led course. So it's meant to right. be that you're split into several groups, but it's meant to be that you read the material and then you bring your questions to the people who are running the course. And so maybe you read the materials you're given about, you know, institutions and institutional arbitration, and then you can come and ask your questions Fantastic. to the It sounds very educational. How much... Is it split between individual learning and the practical experience that you might get when you're in your sessions in person? So the courses, it's pretty heavy and you're expected to work quite hard. I think if you were coming into it having done a law degree or having done the GDL or something else, it would be maybe less heavy than I found it, but coming in completely cold, <laughs> it was a lot of work and I don't want to sort of hide that but it was absolutely worth it and I guess when you find it fascinating you don't mind spending the time reading a little bit more about it do you no not at all I mean I think it's so the way it's sort of structured is you're given some materials to read each week and you're largely working off a textbook called Redfern and Hunter and something that I 
guess I wish I'd known and maybe I'd say to people thinking about taking the course is Redfin and Hunter is the best current book on arbitration, but it's also out of date. And so if you have time, in addition to going through the chapters, it's a good idea to try and look at kind of blog posts because arbitration is something that's done by solicitors as well. You don't need to be called to the bar to be an arbitrator. Lots of city solicitors firms put out a lot of sort of material material about what's going on in arbitration at the moment. And that's, I think, when you do that little bit of extra research, and I think I worked out how that I should be doing that around week four, that's when you can really get the most out of the silks. Because if you know what's going on at the present time. Yes, you can ask them, you know, what do you think of Galakius? Or what do you think of this case? Or how is this impacting? Which is really useful. Worthwhile staying up to date. Yes. Whilst the course is going on. Yeah. So I'd say it's about four hours individual study each week. And then it's a solid evening of discussion and classes. And so how many of you students are there on the course? So there's quite a few. I don't remember exactly how many. I think it's about 20 to 30. Okay. But you'll split into two smaller groups. And I think because it's quite a loose structure in that it's meant to be student-led. Right. There was sometimes a bit of an interesting dynamic because (laughs) um, I don't know if people were quite sure how these sessions were quite meant to go. So we knew what we were discussing. We knew what we were studying. But also silks, they were great. But some of them, I think, were quite used to being in charge. And um, sometimes that worked quite well because they just go, all right, these are the interesting things in this topic and this is what you should know. And I've had a look at the materials and that, so, you know, whatever it was. And sometimes, you know, it was a bit like they're sitting there going, well, waiting for you to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it sounds quite a nice variation, actually. Sometimes you do want a little bit more guidance from a silk on exactly what they know. And sometimes maybe you might be a little bit better equipped to talk about a particular subject one week. How much collaboration is there between the students? Did you quite quickly get to know everyone really well? Did it turn into quite a collaborative environment? So there wasn't really a lot of the studying work. You just did it kind of alone. Mm, Yeah. But you were split into your groups each week and the groups were sort of different each week. So you slowly did get to know certain people and you got to know kind of how they worked or how they were. And particularly for me, because I went on to do the Vismoot, I certainly became really close with people, not necessarily through the course, but through the Vismoot, my Vismoot teammates were and are now great friends. I think as well, it's important to have that mix of different groups, actually not necessarily going in with the same people every time because you get that diversity of thought, don't you? Which really then prompts quite a healthy discussion on whatever you might be looking at on a particular week. So that also has its advantages. Yes, I think so. And I think as well, the way that the course is run you benefit from being assertive Mm. and you benefit from being proactive. But it sounds like you can really make the course what you want it to be. Yes, you can. To a certain extent, you are doing it with a range of There is a structure. (laughs) Yes, but it's good to go into it with the mindset that I have control here and if there's something I want to talk about, I should ask about it. Absolutely. And I guess it's one of those transferable skills about communication and being able to listen, but also contribute to certain discussions as well. It sounds like a really, really valuable experience. 
moving from that course, what sort of opportunities, aside from the VisMoot, might taking this course open up for students? So the course is accredited by the Chartered Institute, which means that you can actually put some letters after your name if you attend enough of it. So that's useful in that you're able to kind of put on your CV, I am someone who's an associate member and I'm someone who kind of knows something about arbitration. When you're applying for, you know, pupillages or paralegal positions or all sorts of different lines of legal work, you can point to it and say, you know, look, I've got unofficial. Absolutely. It's certainly very impressive. Yes. And I think it's it's also, it's for me, I was doing the GDL at the same time and I found the GDL quite frustrating in that you don't have the time to really go into anything. I can completely sympathise with that. Yeah. You almost want to find out a lot more, but you don't have the time. Yeah. And for me, kind of arbitration in the VisMoot became the thing where I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm giving this enough time and this is something that I can actually really get to know. And explore further. Yeah. And that kind of, if you put yourself in the position where you're building up your knowledge and you're building up your expertise in it, it can be a very good thing to talk about in interviews. And, you know, you say, okay, I'm really interested in this case or this is interesting Mm. or And it's also slightly unusual because, you know, everyone's done the bar course, but very, not that many people know loads about international arbitration. So that's good. And there's also, as I mentioned earlier at the end, this thing called the Michael Mustill Scholarship, where you can basically get money to go and do something connected to alternate dispute resolution. So Nick, who was president of the um, Grazian Students Association this year, he won the Mustel Scholarship and he went to study private international law in The Hague. And Simon, who was on the VisMoot team with me this year, is now in Southeast Asia somewhere, maybe China, looking at alternate dispute resolution there. So it's a lot easier to apply for that if you know something about arbitration and you can use the arbitration course as kind of a springboard to access funding to do some really interesting stuff. Absolutely. It seems like it works twofold. First, in order to give you a bit of insight into the area, but also secondly, it demonstrates that interest that you can then go and use to supplement further applications, as you said, the scholarships and pupillage applications as well. It's a great demonstration of knowing a lot about a particular area, but also having a great amount of interest in a particular area as well. It sounds absolutely fascinating. Are there any sort of last points you want to make about the course, about things you've learned and any advice for future applicants or future attendees of the course? Yeah, I think the one thing I'd say in this draws from my own experience is don't be afraid of taking it. Like I really didn't know anything about law when I took it and it was a great experience and I got lots out of it. So even if you were like me just about to do the GDL, go for it because it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. And now turning to the VisMoot, which the course can act as a sort of prerequisite for, tell us a little bit more about this particular international arbitration moot. So when I signed up to do the VisMoot, I don't think I really had any idea of what I was going in for. Really? And then I looked online and on Wikipedia, it describes it as 
the International Olympics of mooting. <laughs> um, it, so it really was, it is quite, quite prestigious. It was quite a, an interesting one to choose for your first moot. This was your first experience of mooting. It was my first moot. Oh my goodness. Um, that aside though, I really, really loved it. I really enjoyed it. It was great. And the Vismoot's different from, so you've just done an episode on mooting so i'm going to assume that everyone knows what a moot is but the viz is different from a lot of other moots you do in that one of the things about arbitration is a lot of it's written and there's an attempt to try and kind of minimize speaking time because mm. almost i guess in inverted commas court time costs more money right so what you have to do for the viz is in the first few months you submit a memoriam, a memorandum of about 100 pages for the claimant, and then you submit one for the respondent. And this is in response to a really interesting and complex sort of bundle and problem that you've been issued. Now, that sounds quite daunting. A lot of pages written, not just for the claimant, but also for the respondent. How many of you are working in a team to get this amount of work done? So... In our team, there were eight, and basically it's always split into four issues that you have to address. And the first two issues are on procedural stuff. So there's always a question about jurisdiction. Does this arbitral tribunal have jurisdiction to hear this dispute or whatever it is? And then the second is another matter of procedure. So I was working on the second, and it was really about whether there should be a stay in proceedings because there was a corruption allegation against this minister for mining in this fake South American country. It's it's amazing. They create this whole world. Yeah, I know the fictitious moot problems <laughs> sound really quite elaborate for this. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And um, there's a healthy meme culture that develops around this. And the other <laughs> thing I didn't realise initially is that this is such a big thing and it's, mm. there's a whole culture. Across the globe. Yes. And that's one of the brilliant things about it is you become part of this community that's doing it all at the same time. So you submit your memoranda and then after you've submitted those sort of at the end of January, you then start training for the oral rounds. And does that automatically flow on from submitting your written memoranda? Yes. So your oral rounds are, the starting point should be your memoranda and the arguments in your memoranda. Because you're basically in 15 minutes laying out the case for the procedural issues or the other two issues are on something called the CSIG, um, which is an international trade treaty, which is actually not incorporated in the UK. So we're not a signatory. We're one of the um, few non-signatories because the British Empire thought that it could do international trade better. But it's a key piece of trade law in many other countries and so if you do go into international arbitration, I think it'd be a bit of a pain to begin with having to learn about that because it's Britain, there's not that much expertise on it. But once you know it, you'll know it and you can use that in your future career. So you've got the oral rounds, 15 minutes on procedure, 15 minutes on the CSIG, and we split the team in two. So the four people who've been working on the procedural issues in the writing then did the oral submissions on those and the four people who'd been working on the CSIG, then did the submissions on those. We had a little bit of crossover, but that was broadly the structure. And you have a couple of sort of training sessions. So throughout 
the Viz time, the inn really supports you by providing sort of training. Which is invaluable. Yes, it's amazing. And I think we should discuss it a bit more in a minute. But you then start doing pre-moots. So we did a range of pre-moots, some of them national, so in London, but lots of them international. So we went to Germany twice, Paris. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Now, although not part of the formal competition, were these still quite formal moots? Yeah. So if you go to a pre-moot and you do very well, you've you know, you've won an international mooting competition. Oh, right. So in and of itself, it can stand as a competition. Yeah, each moot is, each pre-moot is in itself prestigious, but it's all building up to the grand finale, which is in Vienna. It was the start of April when we did it and everyone goes to Vienna. There are hundreds of teams, there are thousands of people, and you're basically running around central Vienna trying to find little rooms that you're going to sit in and argue about a fake country. (laughs) Um, It's a lot more fun than it sounds. And there's a real party atmosphere. There's a moot bar. You get to meet people from all around the world. Gosh, so it goes far beyond just a moot competition. It sounds like a real life experience. Yeah, it's it's really, really good fun. Amazing. It's great. And at the foundation of it, you've got a really nice collaborative environment in that team of the eight of you working on your group submission. Yes. So the team of eight that we had were, you know, we were really great. So there were two of us who were doing the GDL. So that was me and Simon. Again, if you're just doing the GDL, really go for it because there's nothing that will hold you back there. That's really encouraging to know, actually. You don't have yeah. to be at a particular part of the bar course or have any prerequisite knowledge that you can come into it fresh it might help but it is possible to do just when you're starting the GDL yes it absolutely is and I think in some ways actually for the oral rounds not having done the bar course can be quite useful because I think something that we struggled with sometimes was that the Viz is an international competition and a lot of the people you're going to be judged by are going to be German or French. And there are completely different styles of mooting. Yes. So getting sort of trained up for the English bar is not really what they want. You're going to have to, you need to think about your style. And this is also in your writing style. There's much more of a focus on sort of academic authorities. When you're writing your opinions, you need to have a range of law from around the world. There's sort of little things that you have to tick. And it's sort of It's quite funny with the Viz because there's a bit of a tension sometimes between what you should do to do good work that would win you an actual arbitration and what are the kind of little hoops that you need to jump through in order to do really well in the marking. So we made a bit of a mistake with our first written submission because we didn't really give enough time for formatting. And I think we'd sort of gone, well, formatting is kind of important. And there was one guy in our team who was French who was going, no, 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 formatting's important. Oh, interesting. Well, the the one that we won a sort of special mention for was our second one, which wasn't as well researched, but was formatted beautifully. So There's a lot of different things to think about. Yes. In the continental tradition, there's a lot of emphasis on what things look like, which is a bit foreign to us yeah. here, but is something you have to really think about. Of course. So you actually get really valuable exposure to international courts 
and different ways of doing things than you might be trained in the bar course in England and Wales. Yes, and that's, I think, a big plus of doing the biz is you get to see lots of different traditions and certainly seeing those different traditions for me made me then look back at the British tradition and see, oh, okay, that's what's going on and that's slightly unique and it gives you a different perspective on your own law as well. But you also get to kind of meet people and you can network like mad and everyone is networking like mad, <laughs> um, particularly in Vienna. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a brilliant opportunity to get sort of exposure to all kinds of different different areas of law, different jurisdictions, different styles, different ways of doing things, different people. And it's very generously sponsored by the inn. So the inn will pay for you to go on your international route to Frankfurt, which was something which was, you know, amazing and an opportunity I just wouldn't have had. And so valuable in more ways than one, it sounds. So for anyone who's listening, how can they get involved and who can get involved? So you have to have done the international arbitration course that we were talking about earlier. This is because arbitration is basically a different system, different way of doing things. And when you're going to the Viz, you're going into it at quite a high level. So there are people and universities that have like LLM students doing this as a module of their degree. And lots of universities have this as something which counts towards the law degree. So it is, it's a serious academic thing that you're doing. But also that's demonstrative of how much work you do have to put into this and invest a lot of your time and efforts. Yeah, it's incredibly hard work. I did Viz and the GGL and applied for pupillage and that was going on at the same time. And I think that was, it was doable. I you survived. have done it. <laughs> I did it. You are here to tell the tale, but, um... <laughs> but it was tough. And, you know, so maybe stop and think about, okay, how are we going to fit all of this in? It's really worth fitting it in. And for me, certainly the things complemented each other. So That's I don't useful. think I would have got pupillage if I hadn't done it because it really gave me the tools to talk about. No, but it is worth mentioning, of course, that yes, it did take up a lot of... It's a lot of time, time, but it's a brilliant experience and something that you can really throw yourself into. And I and another guy who did the Viz with me last year, Jacob, we're going to be coming back to coach next year's team. Oh, fantastic. We'll be able to tell you all the things. A full circle moment. Yes. Yeah, it's great. We'll be able to tell you all the things that we got wrong and hopefully save you some time and some mistakes. So touching on everything that you managed to achieve at the same time, how do you think that not only the arbitration course, but also the Vismut has helped contribute to the journey you are now on as a future pupil barrister? So I think it was pretty invaluable. First of all, I think for my own interest and motivation. So I'm someone who is quite academic and who likes working, I guess, at quite a high level. and. I found the GDL a bit frustrating in that I just felt like I wasn't doing justice to things and I wasn't able to do justice to things. So you just sort of, you'd learn a principle, you'd read the judgment, you'd understand the principle, but you just didn't really have the time to read all the judgments. And so doing something like the Viz, where you get to really dig into stuff 
and you get to really follow threads and you really have to dig in and understand, okay, what is the current thinking on this topic? You know, what's going on in the legal world? And the Viz always engages with things which are hot topics in the world of international arbitration currently. So there's always very, very interesting stuff lying underneath the problem. And that for me was massively motivating because sometimes I'd come back from the GDL and go, oh, I hate law. And then I'd go, actually, no, I quite I quite like law. I just don't really like doing the GDL. Yeah, and you don't get the opportunity to explore specific practice areas. You have to do those core modules on the GDL. So an opportunity like this, albeit it's quite a large commitment, it can be very rewarding, especially if you're academic and like delving a little bit deeper into the details and exploring things, evaluating different judgments, for example. That's the type of things you don't get to do on the GDL. Yes. And then I think when I went to apply for pupillage and when I was sitting down and writing my pupillage application form, I noticed how the visit helped me because there'd be questions like, talk about a recent case in our practice areas. And I'd know. You're very well versed. So you'd have a really good answer for that question and that would be great and when people ask you know what you're interested in you can talk really knowledgeably on this area but also the thing is that you get your weekly training sessions from the inn in kind of legal drafting and in advocacy oral advocacy right, and so you're skills also, based as well yes so it gives you the kind of skills that people are really looking for when you're applying for people and other things and i really noticed it, I think, when I started doing oral assessments in pupillage interviews, that I just was able to speak in a structured way, in an interesting way, fluently. And that was something that I'd really built up through doing the Viz. It's the best advocacy training. I mean, there were people doing it as well who were doing the bar course and were like, this is much better advocacy training than wow. you get on the bar course. This is really good for my personal development. Yeah, and to develop those fundamental skills to being a barrister. Yeah, and I think this is the thing about it can be a bit daunting and you can look at it and think that's a lot of my time and that's a big commitment, but it gives you so many things and it gives you such a range of stuff. It's a bit of a one-stop shop for kind of tooling you up to apply for pupillage and for giving you the skills and the knowledge to really present yourself as a potential future pupil barrister. Nia, this has been such a fantastic discussion about everything you've gained from not just the arbitration course and the VisMoot, but also the opportunities that Grayson has here for any students that are interested in this area or even that don't know anything about this area yet and actually just want to use the arbitration course as an opportunity to learn more. So just finishing off this episode, Nia, have you got any final tips for anyone looking to replicate the experience that you've had this last year? We'll give you some tips on how it might have been improved. <laughs> what you've learned, what you did wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think the things I'd really say are we subdivided ourselves into our little sections maybe a bit too much. And I think we realised when we got to the oral rounds that really we should have been talking to each other oh, interesting. a lot more. Because there's four issues, you go into your pairs and you work on your issue and you're kind of siloed. And we shouldn't have been so siloed. Right. Um, so teamwork would have actually been incredibly helpful. Yeah. More communication in that way. And I think the other tip I'd give is be aware of how long it takes to format a 100-page document. 
and always have an eye on the fact that you're going to have to present something that's formally immaculate at the end of it. And that's sort of everything from making sure that you keep a list of your references because you're going to need to put those in to giving at least a week to actually do the formatting and other stuff. I think the third thing I'd say is, I guess, coming up that, you know, the formatting of the written document matters also kind of the style when you're speaking and the style of your delivery and this was something we didn't necessarily have there'd been a couple of virtual moots before us so the people we were talking to who'd done it previously didn't really know what vienna was like Mm. but hopefully it's something that jacob and i can bring to the team this year is the kind of the etiquette and the little sort of the way you sit and the way you put your hands and yeah, the way you a lot move more your to head. think about than meets the eye at first, it sounds. Yes, those little kind of polished, because I think the content of what we were saying when we got to the oral rounds was very good and we understood the law incredibly well. And I guess that's a testament of how much time you'd put into the reading and the work on the course, for example. So once you know what you're talking about, yes. there is then the second layer of how to present that. Yes, and I think that's where we were a bit weaker was we didn't quite get to the presentation stage but to be fair a lot of the people we were meeting against were like 19 which considering <laughs> that we were sort of in our mid-20s and many of us had like careers as bankers beforehand maybe um, <laughs> a slight advantage yes <laughs> yes maybe a slight advantage Well, Nia, it sounds like an absolutely invaluable opportunity. And I really would encourage anyone who's found this discussion interesting today to look into this further, look out for the insight evening that Grey's Inn will be running, and then, of course, applying for the arbitration course over the summer. But Nia, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me and sharing everything about your experiences. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And for anyone who's listening, if you have thoughts or concerns about the arbitration course go for it really go for it because it was the best thing i did last year thanks neve thanks thanks for listening to the raising the bar podcast please subscribe rate and review and for more information check us out on twitter at agi students